enslaved people in Texas, which was the westernmost Confederate state, remained enslaved until 2,000 Union troops finally marched into Galveston Bay, Texas on June 19, 1865, to announce that the more than 250,000 still enslaved Black people in the state were free by executive decree. Welcome to the Shrinks on Third Psychology and Social Justice Podcast. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. And I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Welcome. In this session, Julie and I will be talking about Juneteenth, something we all should know about, and until recently, never heard of it. Yeah, it's pathetic. I only learned about it from the New York Times Magazine issue called the 1619 Project from August 2019 that came out in honor of the 400th anniversary of the first slaves arriving in colonial America. It mentioned Juneteenth. So let's talk about that. So Juneteenth is a combination of the words June and 19th, which has also been called Emancipation Day and put very simply celebrates the end of slavery. I first heard about Juneteenth only two years ago too, but surprisingly, I never heard of it, but 47 states in DC observe it as a state holiday. Texas became the first state to make it a state holiday in 1980, but that was almost 100 years after the actual event, which we're going to talk about. And either way, it was informally celebrated from the beginning when enslaved people first heard the news and broke into prayer, song, and celebration, uh, the news that they were free. It's a celebration with food and festivities, But in spite of advocacy by activists and other people, Juneteenth still isn't a federal holiday. It seems like it should be. What a day. Yeah, it commemorates that day in 1865 that Union Army Major General Gordon Granger rode into Galveston, Texas and announced their emancipation to slaves there by reading these words. In accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. Yay, but here's the big rub, if you know history, which we're learning. This proclamation reading by General Granger was over two years after President Lincoln had issued the Emancipation Proclamation declaring the freedom of all enslaved people on January 1st, 1863. So this is hard to understand that word that they were free did not reach all slaves for over two years after the fact because slave owners and apparently others didn't want to lose their slaves. So they never let them hear the news. It is amazing. And we just have to remember that there was no social media. There was no television. There really weren't telephones. It was impossible to communicate except by decree, you know, big news. So they could keep it from slaves. So you might think of Juneteenth as a true 4th of July celebration of freedom marked by African-Americans with parties, picnics, and gatherings with family and friends. People started talking about Juneteenth, especially in the spring of 2020, because at that time, 
Trump was planning to hold one of his rallies in Tulsa, Oklahoma on June 19th. To be clear, one of his typically white supremacist rallies on Juneteenth. Really hard to ignore that symbolism. If you missed our episode about the violent massacre that happened in Tulsa, you might want to go back to our November 2020 episode of that title. But for now, suffice it to say that a plan to hold a Trump rally on that day, June 19th, in that place, Tulsa, Oklahoma, was clearly a despicable suggestion, even though it received a huge amount of pushback and did not end up taking place. Thank goodness for that, because it could have been really badly. (laughs) Yeah. The Emancipation Proclamation declared by President Lincoln two years before June 19, 1865, was supposed to free the three million slaves in the Confederate States. We now know that true emancipation throughout the country only became national policy with the 13th Amendment, which took a while to get through the Senate and the House and was finally signed by President Lincoln on February 1st, 1865, and finally ratified that December. The 13th Amendment was an attempt to close the loophole that still permitted Union loyal states to hold slaves and end slavery throughout the nation finally. Of course, the 13th Amendment has its own loophole about the legality of slavery for the punishment of a crime. And that will be the topic of another podcast episode. One in which we talk about current day slavery and the unbelievable racial inequity in prison populations. Right. Anyway, the Emancipation Proclamation was also one of the final steps in trying to get Confederates to let go of their stronghold on people, slaves. A year before it, Congress had passed an act, the Confiscation Act of 1862 which gave Union troops permission to seize Confederate property, including slaves, and to recruit Black soldiers into the struggle. But even back in 1863, when the Emancipation Proclamation became effective for those slaves in Confederate states, and I'm still trying to understand why it was just about slaves in Confederate states and Union states were still allowed to hold slaves. But anyway, not everyone in Confederate territory even given that those slaves were trying to be freed, not everybody in that territory would immediately be free because since Confederates controlled the territory, it was hard to pass such a thing. So as a result, enslaved people in Texas, which was the westernmost Confederate state, remained enslaved until 2000 Union troops finally marched into Galveston Bay, Texas on June 19, 1865 to announce that the more than 250,000 still enslaved black people in the state were free by executive decree. Their slavery had been abolished, but they weren't told, or if they did know, they were under the control of the Confederates and unable to make a move anyway. They needed the army to help them become truly emancipated. This is how each step seems to go. The military were also needed to make sure that transportation laws around busing were followed, schools were desegregated, restaurants, voting, still voting, you name it. We talked about public transportation in a previous episode and we plan to cover desegregation in a future one. What happened on June 19th, 1865 was a monumental event that we should all know about and celebrate. This is truly another independence day for our country, even though we're still waiting for the day when we're all truly free. We're not really free until we're all free. So I just have to add here that unfortunately, 
I'm sure that many people of color don't feel free when police officers can shoot at them for minor offenses or even no offenses at all. And they don't even get the right to be presumed innocent. A basic right in this country's legal system and justice isn't often carried out against the perpetrators. We definitely need to celebrate the step toward freedom, but we also have to keep recognizing how much further we need to go for true equality. Exactly. Since June 19th of 1865, the following year and the years since then, celebrations have taken place on June 19th throughout black communities in Texas. It was a day of prayer meetings, singing spirituals, and wearing new clothes as a way to represent newfound freedom with singing, dancing, praying, and feasting. June 19th celebrations spread to African-American communities in many other states, making it an annual tradition to celebrate freedom with prayer, speeches, educational events, family gatherings, picnics with music, food, and dancing. Yeah, Juneteenth has been referred to by other names too, such as Emancipation Day, Jubilee Day, Juneteenth National Freedom Day, Juneteenth Independence Day, and Black Independence Day. It's also been overshadowed by July 4th, the day usually marked as our National Independence Day, which marks the day the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776. Yeah, so that's when they declared independence and freedom. But really, Juneteenth (laughs) is when freedom was decreed for all. So remember, though, that in addition to celebrating the end of slavery, Juneteenth is a reminder of how freedom was withheld from so many people and families, even after it was declared. These people should have been free all along, of course. They should have been. Yeah. Thinking about that aspect of the day, it must have been a really difficult moment. Like, of course, there was joy and celebration, but also where would they go? What, what should they do? Their masters had to be forced under this proclamation to establish a new relationship with their former slaves. So the army had to march in. According to the proclamation too, this new relationship was now employer and hired labor. But there was no minimum wage or legislation about exactly what was now required. So in fact, in the same proclamation, it told them to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. But then their homes were still slave quarters and they worked for no wages. So could a penny a week be considered a wage? Well, in a recent podcast we did, it was clear that people who work the land never got a minimum wage, even now. Even now they don't qualify for minimum wage. Leftover from back then, so you could not have slaves. You could no longer be a slave owner, but you could still have really basically free labor from people who live, happen to be living in slave quarters. They live on your land. Yeah, and it doesn't actually make (laughs) much- your guest homes. (laughs) What they needed was reparations like money and land in order to be free. And of course, to this day, people still need those things to be free and many still cannot access them. Yeah, it's very confusing and I guess it's like, as a psychologist, we could say ambivalent because according to that proclamation on that day, that it was supposed to be an absolute equality. This is a quote, an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, but they didn't have anything, (laughs) no rights, no property. African-Americans still struggle for freedoms and equal rights. 
from that very day, many slave owners didn't even tell their slaves the news. Historians say some waited for the government agents to literally show up on their property. It wasn't enough that they drove into town and they had to give them the news themselves and make them change what they were doing. Um, and if the agents didn't show up to personally confront them, many of them waited until after the next harvest to let their slaves know that they were free. That is a combination of white supremacy and capitalism. And if you really want to make people free, you have to give them the financial ability to be free and you need to give them some property, some kind of assets. And if they were really freeing people, I mean, it's such a ridiculous thing to say absolute equality, they should have given them land of their own. And then they would not have to work for these white owners. So it was clearly a compromise and obviously they took advantage for as long as they could get away with it. Of course they did. And we're still not taught about Juneteenth. Right. Why isn't the end of slavery a celebration for all of us? It took over a hundred years for abolitionists to get to that point in freedom, which we all know was great, but still incomplete. Yeah, it is. I'm hopeful that with that New York Times project that I mentioned, which includes the New York Times Magazine, but also podcasts, syllabi for teachers, other educational supports. There's a real push to change this and, and get it into the curriculum for many students and hopefully more and more kids in school will learn about this really important part of American history. Yeah, I hope a lot of the things we're learning gets actually into the curriculum it also seems like there's different curricula for the North and the South, <laughs> honestly. Yep. There were times when many white people considered the celebration of Juneteenth to be un-American or unpatriotic. It's part of why we were never taught about it at all. It's so important to know about all of these historical moments because they really do give us a bigger picture of the needs and the struggles for civil rights. Yeah, I, while it is recognized now as a holiday by most states, including DC, which I guess could become a state if we're lucky, Juneteenth should become a federal holiday. It's an important day to millions of people in our country. To all of us, except the white supremacist wannabe slave owners. Right? <laughs> yeah. Recently, companies like Nike, Twitter, and the NFL have made plans to make Juneteenth a paid company holiday. Some cities have also taken steps to recognize Juneteenth. I mean, it is happening more and more. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia has one of the country's largest Juneteenth parades and recently passed an executive order designated Juneteenth an official city holiday. But that still only started in 2020. Uh, that's last year. Yeah. At the website Juneteenth.com, you can find information about the holiday and also creative ways to support or celebrate it. There are suggestions about possible ways to bring appropriate Juneteenth celebrations into the workplace, such as if it's not yet a paid holiday where you work, decorating a conference room or other workspace, inviting coworkers for refreshments, and information about Juneteenth. Ideally, finding ways like that to make it a meaningful holiday is important. There's also some suggestions on that site for home and community celebrations. In general, Juneteenth is a great time to acknowledge our fellow Americans who've made significant contributions to the growth and development of our country and to honor and acknowledge the continued contributions they make as our neighbors, our coworkers, and our leaders. And for the people of this country to remember that we have to keep fighting for freedom 
every day for ourselves and for all people. Keep up the good fight and keep listening to The Shrinks on Third. Thanks for joining us. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Till next time. Take care.